Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 18 of A View to a Cocker Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. It's a, it's a nice, uh, unseasonably warm day in January here in Cleveland, Ohio. Got sunshine Dude. coming in. I can't handle this. I thought this was supposed to be like this super nasty winter. This is what all these reports were saying. And it has been like, it's been like not as mild as last winter, but it's been super chill as uh, winters go. Well, I mean, we're for only, Cleveland. We are only part of the way into January. So I'm not going to knock on wood because the only one around is my desk and it's going to mess up the uh, the recording <laughs> here. But uh, it's, uh, you know, there, there's still time for it to be an awful winter. Um, but that's not what we're going to talk about today, Dave. What we're going to talk about today is episode 18 of Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger titled Hello Mushroom-kun. Uh, yes, yeah. that is the the translation of the episode. It still has Mushroom-kun in it. Uh, I don't... Listen, I took like one and a half semesters of Japanese and I think I remember that kun is a like a term of endearment? Yeah. I, mean, I like, think... Yeah. I think it means like like honey or like... It's like it's like if you had a, a prefix that meant just like honey bear. So if you were talking to like a significant other and you were like, "Hey, hey, sweetie pie, Beth," I think that's kind of like what coon means. I'm not totally sure about that. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, it's a term of endearment. Not like the film terms of endearment. That's that is a no, different sort no, no. Of thing. No, very much, very much not. I am going to assume that today's episode has uh, nothing, nothing to do with the film terms of endearment. But hey, I mean, we will find that out soon. But before we do, Dave... Uh, I don't actually know what Terms of Endearment is about, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there's no, there's not going to be any connection. Well, I, I guess we'll never know then, because I also don't know what Terms of Endearment is about. So yeah, maybe, I'm not willing to watch it to find out. Maybe, Dave, Terms of Endearment is exactly like this episode of Cocker Ranger. <laughs> um, wouldn't it be great if you watched Terms of Endearment and Young Noble Jr. just showed up in the middle of it? Like, out of nowhere. I, I mean, most things can be improved by the addition of Young Noble Jr. Uh, but, Dave, before we get into this episode, um, we have to get through our officially award-winning opening segment. Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So, this first star of the week, Matt, is that it is show week for me. Not like big, big show. Because I, like, I do two shows a year, right? Well, I do three, but one of them isn't like mine. I'm just sort of like there to help. So right. this week is the one act, which is like a much smaller thing. It's a lot of fun. The students direct it, and I'm just sort of like there to supervise. But uh, a couple of things. So it's not normally this time in the year. Normally it's like much later in the year. But my principal decided that the thing that he wanted to do was more important. So he kicked me out of the auditorium to do his thing. Oh, fun. So <laughs> here's the problem is that normally I love having a long weekend because I have tomorrow off. We're recording this Sunday. I have tomorrow off uh, in honor of the late, great Dr. King. It's Martin Luther King Day. It's, it's a day off of school. Awesome. Love it. 
but it's uh it's show week and so that just means that i'm missing a day of rehearsal which makes me very anxious that is an inconvenient time to be away from school yeah Yes, it is. And then also, so one of the shows that we're doing, it's a show, it's called Sure Thing. It's by a guy named David Ives. It's super funny. And with the, there's a girl, the girl who's directing it, she had, she had her cast. It's, a, it's only a two-person cast. It's a guy and a girl. And the guy had to cancel like two weeks. We've been in rehearsal for like a month or something. Mm-hmm. He had to cancel like last week because... Like the barbershop, the school barbershop group that he's in got like invited slash okayed to go to this like big barbershop singing convention because oh. that is a thing that happens. Well, which, that, like, that is very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like super great. It's a rad opportunity. Like the choir teacher talked to me and he said like before all of this, because like we're pals and we work a lot together and he was like, hey, we might be able to go to this thing. If so, is that going to like mess with you? I was like, no, it's just this like one guy. And he was like, we probably won't be able to go, but like, I just want to check with you. But it turns out they could go. Fantastic. So this kid is going to go. So now I have to replace one of the two people in this cast. Like right before the show. Yeah. With like two weeks to go. Now, I actually, I had another kid who I, who had done the piece before for like a different thing. So he's like, oh, I can do it. And I was like, awesome. Fantastic. And then the, the weekend after, so we come back, I find this out on like a Friday. We come back to school the next Monday and like the girl in the cast is just not at rehearsal. And I'm asking around that I'm like, where is, where is this girl? Like, where is... I'll just call her O. Where's O? And someone was like, oh, she doesn't go to school here anymore. What? And I said, what? Not like, oh, she's suspended or like, oh, like something happened or she's sick. Just like, no, she just doesn't go to school here anymore. And it turns out. No, no, she did not move. It tur- But what did happen is that, well, okay, sorry, she had moved, but she had moved, like, a while ago, and she moved from the district that I teach in to, like, a neighboring district, and the schools in the next district over are, like, not nearly as good, because it's not as good, it's, like, a much kind of, like, poorer, like, part of town. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, and so she just, like, didn't tell anyone, and had been secretly going to our school yeah and so they found out no 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 like i get it and you actually can like there's ways that you can do it but there's like a bunch of paperwork you have to file but they were like listen uh you can't go to school here anymore like you need to leave because like your school is this other school and so she's just not here and so now (laughs) the girl who's directing had to step in. So basically entirely replaced the cast for this show. I think like two weeks before it's before we're, we're performing it. So yeah, uh, it's a lot, but I think it'll be okay. And uh, in any case it's, it'll be over, you know, come hell or high water. It'll be over this Friday. And then I've got like a week of turnaround time before I have to start the next show. So that's exciting. It's not. It's a lot to do. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's exciting for me to listen to it. 
So thank you, Dave. Thank you for giving me that gift. <laughs> uh, my pleasure, Matt. Well, actually, speaking of gifts, Ooh, what is our second segue. star of the week? Yeah. So yeah. Our, our second star of the week. i doing this for a minute. I picked up something. <laughs> our second star of the week, Dave, is that uh, for Christmas, I don't know if we mentioned, we mentioned some of our specific gifts, but um, one that I don't think we did mention because we hadn't actually gotten them yet was that our sister had been doing like some, she'd been getting into pottery. And so she made the two of us and uh, your wife also like things in her pottery class for Christmas. And I know what you were thinking, listener. You were thinking like, oh, your sister gave you like her weird like art project thing. Uh, No, these are actually very nice things. Uh, Yeah, no, no, no. She made me, she made me a shaving cup. I shaved with it yesterday. It worked a treat. Yeah, it's like beautiful glaze and there's like ombre and it like shifts in color and it's like, no, this is like, this is pretty slick. Yeah. She's been taking classes for like a year or something. So she, for me, she made this teapot, right? And it's beautiful as, you know, as previously mentioned. Um, But the trick of it is that she had, when she glazed and fired it, like the lid was on the teapot for reasons that she explained to me and they made sense at the time, but there was a slight error in the uh, placement of the glaze. And so when the teapot got fired in the kiln, like there was just this thin strip of glaze that was fusing the lid to the rest of the teapot. Oh, yes. Yes. And you might think, as we thought, like, oh, well, that's basically just like a thin piece of glass. If we get like a little problem. Like, tap at it. It'll probably crack, and then we can just take it off and sand it down, and everything will be cool. Um, Like, four hours later, we are, (laughs) you know, we had tried a number of different things. We tried a chisel. We tried, like, um, a hacksaw blade. We tried to, like, get a rasp in there, but it was, like, a very narrow thing. And we were just not making a dent at all. And so, eventually, and this was, like, the night before my sister was moving out of the country, and we were trying to get this finished. Um... We like all three of us, you, Dave, uh, myself, and Katie, our sister, were all like huddled around this thing. Like, I was holding a flashlight to get a good light on it, Katie was holding it straight, and you had gotten just like a Dremel tool. And we had given up and just were drilling a line through it so we could separate the thing. Um, it, it got pretty in like there was a lot going on, there were a lot of tools, there was a lot of like some things did not survive the experiment. Uh, but it, it all actually worked out really well for the teapot. Uh, they are now two solid separate pieces and I can use them for tea, which I think I may do later today, but it was just like this great sort of weird post Christmas coda of like trying to get this thing together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but this speaking Dave of things that we've been spending a lot of time on, uh, what is our third star of the week? Oh, so our third star of the week, Matt, is that yesterday, Beth and I inadvertently mainlined, like, basically the entire fourth season of Arrow. Oh, good CW's Arrow. Yeah, we we had watched, so there's 23 episodes in a season, and I am not kidding, I think we watched, I think we watched maybe the entire second half yesterday good gravy Dave maybe maybe more I'm not kidding well okay so we woke up in the morning and we were just like 
Well, you know, like, it's a lazy Saturday. Like, we sort of woke up. We had some breakfast. Like, what do you want to do? I don't know. Let's, you want to watch, do you want to watch an episode of Arrow? Yeah, sure. And so we watched the episode and we're like, oh, man. Well, we obviously have to watch the next one. Like, what's going on? And then we basically just did that for the next many. Like, one point we stopped. And we're like, we have to stop. Like, we have to go leave the house for something. Like, I, we just have to do something that isn't this for at least, like, a period of time. So we, like, went to Half Price Books, bought some puzzles, got some dinner, and then came back home. And then immediately continued watching Arrow. <laughs> and then by that point, there were only like two episodes left in the whole season. And we were like, well, I there's mean, at only point, at this point. Yeah. Now you just got to finish it. It would be and silly then we not finished, to. Right. And then we finished those two. And then we said, and I said, listen, this is going to sound, this maybe will sound crazy. And Beth said, well, you just say it. And I'll tell you if it sounds crazy. And I said, well, I kind of feel like we should watch the first episode of season five. And she was like, well, yeah, because now you got to see, like, what's the fallout from this season. And I said, yeah, we got about halfway through it. And then we were both falling asleep, but we had to go to bed. But, see, do okay, so season one of Arrow is, like, a bit, like, grimdark. You know what I yeah, mean? The, like, it's just a lot. Basically, you what I have probably, heard about the first season of the Arrow is that, like, the later seasons get better, but you can basically skip season one. Yeah, you could pretty much skip season one. Like, you... I'm sure somebody online has put together a list of, like, oh, watch these, like, four episodes or something that are actually, like, important and good to watch. And then you could just read a synopsis. Season two is great. Season three is a little, like, eh, like, it's okay. Season four is killer. Like, it's super, super good. And then really what we were doing is because like there's just so much and we wanted to finish it all and then sort of like move on to the new season. But then we also paused on season three of The Flash while we were catching up on Arrow. Dude, But now we've we waited too long because some of the episodes have like cycled off of the CW's terrible app. So now I'm going to have to watch them in a different way. That's not the way I want to watch them. But this is how the CW app does you. They're like, well, you can't watch it anymore. And I live in a universe where the internet exists. So you don't get to tell me that I can't watch it. I'm just going to watch it differently. In my own way. In my own way. Yeah. So, but dude, season four is, it's crazy, crazy good. And here's the thing that I think the CW shows, like the DC verse CW shows, are like latching onto and understanding in a way that the movies don't. Like, if there is a single person or team that's, like, in charge of the CW TV shows, they should take that person and put them in charge of the movies, too. Because the shows are amazing, and the movies are uh, not. And the thing I think that the shows do is basically what the Marvel movies do, which is just, like, F it. It's a comic book. Like, just get nuts. Like, do whatever you want. Like, in season four of Arrow, John Constantine is there. Uh, John Constantine, who had previously been on the NBC show and will soon be in a cartoon show of himself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they and they got the same dude. Like, they just got the guy who played Constantine, whose name I can't remember, but I do really like. Uh, I think his name is Matthew Ryan? Yes. Yeah. 
It's Matthew Ryan or Ryan Matthews, but I'm pretty sure it's Matthew Ryan, who also did the voice for, I think we've talked about this, who also did the voice for Edward Kenway in Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Oh, no way. Anyways, yeah, so John Constantine is on this show. They got Vixen, like the animal powered, she's powered, she's got like a magic totem, right? Yeah, dude, she's you know powered by Vixen. the red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, she's on there, Damien Dark is on there, they got... No joke. They never call him Baron Blitzkrieg, but Baron Blitzkrieg is on this show, man. Like, yeah. Just, guys, just go for it. You can just do it. Dude, I would love to catch up on those shows. Like, especially Flash, because I'm way behind on it. Um, it's so good. I Dude, I know it's good. The problem is not that it's not good. The problem is that there are four of those CW shows, and they're all like an hour long. And if I had four hours of just like random TV time to throw every week, like I would actually watch Monday Night Raw. But I don't, which is why I do not watch that <laughs> other three-hour <laughs> television show. Um, well, I don't, I just okay. don't have time. I don't... And listen, okay, do I have time? Yes, I'm spending it doing other stuff. Um, that yeah, is no, like listen, equally, man, I don't want to, you know, useless, but just watching, spending that much time, especially since I'm behind, like having to spend like upwards of eight hours a week just to slowly catch up on all four of those shows. Like, dude, that's a whole other day of work. <laughs> that's literally <laughs> well, just okay, like, so if I, if I spent my Saturdays catching up on it, it, it would be as though I had a part-time job watching CW shows. Well, I don't watch, I, we don't watch Supergirl, which like, I, it's fine, but it's like just not, I don't dig it as much. And uh, I don't watch Legends of Tomorrow. Beth has been watching Legends of Tomorrow. She digs it. I'm not like as into it. So for me, it's just Arrow and The Flash, which are both, which are both killer shows. Listen, I recognize that you like uh, Arrow um, more than you like Legends of Tomorrow. But let me ask you a question, Dave. Is yeah. um is Captain Cold in Arrow? Because if if you don't get Leonard Snart up in the mix, my enjoyment of your CW product drops like precipitously. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's that's fair. It doesn't. It doesn't because it doesn't have Captain Cold. It doesn't have Leonard Snart. But who it does have is John Barrowman playing Malcolm Merlin. Uh. Ooh, I do love the Barrowman. Dude, he's so, like, he's just so good. Like, I want there to be another term for just, like, choose scenery. But he does. Like, he's like a wood chipper. It's just, like, <laughs> he's the best part of the show. Like, no joke. John Barrowman, and he's not in, like, every episode. But he's absolutely the best part of that show. And he's the villain. Sort of. It's it's very complicated. But anyways, he's he's killer in it. Okay, I, Dave, but, uh, I, I fear that we are spending as much time talking about CW shows as CW is spending putting out shows. So we need to change stars here. Yeah, we can probably tone that back. What, Matt, is our uh, fourth star of the week? Fourth star of the week, Dave, is that despite the fact that it's now 2017, and of course we are now exhorting everyone to be excellent to each other, um, I have not forgotten... Uh, the old ways. And I am still up in that game. Ancient law. Hey, listen, man. Up in your game, that's not a destination. It's a journey. That's true. It's very true. But okay. So, so anyways, what'd you do? Um, normally, in the course of my year, there will be like, you know, there might be a month where no one comes over to my apartment. Because normally, if I'm hanging out with people, I either like go out and meet them at a bar or something, or like I'll go over to your place. I don't entertain yeah. a lot of my place. But... 
for the last month or so, I have had um, our sister was staying with us, and then mom has sort of been staying with us with with me uh, off and on. Um, and so I've actually had like other people in my apartment looking at my place, and I just took down all my Christmas decorations. And so I was looking around like, man. I could use some things in this apartment. Like, I realize it's just like <laughs> there are whole places that either have not been decorated or I have not changed a particular thing, like, since my old roommate moved out, like, three years ago. Right. Yes. So, anyway, I mean, I haven't been, I didn't go crazy. I got a new house plant with a beautiful, like, blue glazed pot. It's very cool. Uh, I that got sounds a, very nice. I finally very got grown a, up. Finally got a new shower curtain. Because uh, I've been rocking that same shower curtain for an embarrassingly long amount of time. Especially because that was not one that I had purchased. That was my roommate's old shower curtain that he had left when he moved out. Ooh, yeah. No, that's good that you replaced that. That's oh, a I, solid... I want to be clear. I'm not talking about the shower curtain lining. I'm not an animal. I have replaced that. I'm talking about the actual <laughs> like exterior curtain. Oh, okay. Yes. Thank goodness. Th- Thank you very much for clarifying that, Matt. Yeah, no, this is this is like a decorative purchase and not like a hygiene thing. Okay, no, cool. We were going to have a very different discussion off air, so thank you for saying. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's it. Just, you know, uh, that's, that's me still up in it. Uh, Dave, would you like to know what our fifth and final star of the week is? Hit me. Okay, so I was looking online at, you know, just various news articles last night. And I saw some sort of sad news, but I realized that there is a very good silver lining to it. Mm, okay. So I mean, well, I mean, there's a lot of sad news, I guess, just in general in the universe. So sure. Okay. You Actually, gotta be uh, in the grand scheme specific. of things, this is like not sad at all. You know, when oh, you sort okay. of compare awesome. it to a lot of other sad things that are happening in the world, uh, this no, is no, no, that's fantastic. Just sort of like, oh, that's a shame, sort of things. So Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey's Circus is shutting down, like forever. Apparently, yeah, I heard about that. I'm super bummed. I love the circus. It is a bummer. It's like this weird American institution that's just suddenly going away. I, from what I understand, they had uh, in the last few years uh, stopped having elephants in the circus, which yeah. like makes sense. Which because you know, yeah, I get that. You know, there's been a lot of pressure because like having elephants live on a train is, like, not a great thing for elephants, as it turns out. No, it is not. So I know that, like, they got rid of the elephants, and, like, they still had other animals there, but, like, basically, after they got rid of the elephants, like, nobody went back to the circus. Mm. Um, And so it's just, like, shutting down. Um, And so it's sad that an American institution is closing down. But here's the silver lining, Dave is that Ringling Brothers Barnum & Bailey Circus has been around for 146 years, and they have been sitting on the title The Greatest Show on Earth for ages. And now they're yeah. going away. And I think if we move fast, we can claim it. Okay. I would say that that's not cool, but here's the deal. Barnum just declared that. There wasn't, like, a contest. He just decided to start calling his show The Greatest Show on Earth. Based on nothing, just based on him wanting to say that. So if they're not doing it, I think we're absolutely in the clear, at least like ethically. Yeah. And I honestly, I think that if we just declare it ourselves, then we're really carrying on that tradition. So 
Yeah. Uh, you know, ladies so, and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers, the greatest show on earth. And we will be right back. <laughs> okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 18, Hello Mushroom Coon. And Dave, what do you think about this one? Guys, uh, I, turns out, turns out Cocker Ranger is raw. Yeah, dude, Cocker Ranger, uh, it has been, it's been joking around a lot, but it, uh, it is bringing the rawness and the realness this episode. Yeah, both. Not every episode can do that, but it's pretty, there's a lot that happens here. Okay, so... Yeah, let's off. just get into it. Okay, we start, we start off, off, and there's a brief, beautiful moment where I think this episode is going to be about somebody on a unicycle. because it, That's what I said, said the same <laughs> thing. Because the way the camera is situated, it starts off with a picture of a kid on a bike, but the camera is like set behind the front wheel of the bike, and that's all you see. It's just like one wheel on screen. And I honestly thought that it was going to be a unicycle-themed yokai, and I was so excited. Yeah, we don't get that. What we do get is really good. We It's not as good, I think, potentially, as a unicycle-themed yokai would be. But it's a kid, and he's on a bike, and he's just like... There's a couple of shots of this kid just biking, and it's not very clear where, because it's just like it's just the kid. It's just totally deserted, and this kid biking. Uh, he is wearing and a then, cape? Well, he's wearing like a sheet tied around his neck. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is wearing like a kid cape. It's rad. This kid is adorable. And then he he's on his bike and he's riding by and there's some kids playing baseball and one of the kids like hits the ball and it's like a fly ball and this other kid who we will find out is our sort of titular mushroom coon he fl- literally flies on his bike like ET style flies up like thirty feet in the air and grabs this ball and then lands and everyone is like appropriately blown away like no all the kids are like what is happening you just flew on that bike they are this thrilled. is the coolest thing they've ever seen they they all like run over to him and surrounding him like this could have gone two ways either those kids could have been terrified or they're like enamored with this kid and it went the second way yeah they love this dude and so the kid asks he's like hey can i play with you guys and they're like yes obviously you can bike fly. You're the so, coolest child we've ever met in our lives. Please play baseball with us. Yeah. So they start playing baseball and this kid, like he hits a fly ball and then he like super speed runs around the track. But as the ball is flying, it hits Nakamaru, who is like just happens to be driving, driving by. by. And so the Rangers stop and they're like, what was that? What's going on? They pop out and they see this kid doing like a super speed run around the bases. And the Rangers are like, wow, that's. Like, that's amazing. How is this kid doing that? And one of them is like, that's probably, that kid is probably a yokai. Like, we should see what's going on. Okay, um, he, they actually don't see that quite yet. There's a moment, there is a oh, moment. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they are sort of scratching their heads about it. And then it cuts back to the kid, and everyone is thrilled with how quickly he was able to run around the bases. And he's like, hey, do you guys want to be like me? And the children all say, yes, of course. And then he pulls right. out a giant mushroom and blows a bunch of, like, fairy dust on them. And it is at this moment that I think this is a child drug dealer that is, like, right. getting them hooked on superpowers. This is the moment where I assume that things are going to go, like, super off the rails. It is not. It's not. 
the kids just fly and they're fine, except they're better than fine because they're flying. And all the and other they're kids just who like, are not flying are like, dudes, we need to get in on that. Please make us fly. Like, this is the coolest thing we've ever seen. And it is oh, a- the mushroom that this kid has, by the way, it is like it is a Mario mushroom. Oh, like, yeah. this is a giant-sized mushroom. And is it, it is at this point that the Cocker Rangers say, like, oh, that kid is totally a yokai. Like, we need to figure out what's going on. And so they start chasing him. The kid sees them and runs. Yeah, like he which again seems to like indicate scoots away. Yeah, so clearly this kid, like, yes, this kid is definitely a yokai. He's seen the rangers. He's like, oh no, it's not actually clear if he knows that they're the rangers or if he just thinks like, oh no, adults, I got a bolt. But he does run, and he gets to the rangers a are chasing garage. him. Yeah, and he, like, rides into the parking garage, and then the next thing we see, he's up on the roof. So he has done, he's just looped around, I guess, to get up on the roof. The rangers, no, 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 sorry, the rangers aren't there yet. Okay, let me, let me, just, there's a, there's a the sequence of events here that I think is very important to get right. So, the, yes, the kid shows up on the roof, and he's riding, after the rangers had been chasing him. As he gets onto the roof, he is attacked, and there's a bunch of, like, explosions all around him as though someone's been shooting him with lasers, and he falls over. Now, it is at this yes. moment that I think, oh, the Kaka Rangers have caught up with this kid, and they are now shooting him with lasers because they Attacking because he's a yokai. He's a yokai. Right. Which is like, I, thought I the same get thing. it, but like, that is a quick way to jump if you are the Kaka Rangers, to like just go straight into attacking a child. But Especially a, when you are not 100% sure that it's a yokai, because right. so far this kid is just a kid. I mean, admittedly, like a kid with weird powers, but sure. still. But it turns out that I was completely wrong, because the camera then cuts away, and it wasn't the Cocker Rangers who have attacked the kid. It was Young Noble Jr., who was also up on the roof. So now, yeah. I don't know what the heck is going on, because I thought that the kid was a yokai, and now Young Noble Jr. is a yokai, and he's attacking... And the Rangers aren't there, and I'm very confused. This episode does a really good job in the beginning of kind of keeping you guessing. Yes. So the Rangers, so the Rangers at that point do show up. And I had actually I had sort of forgotten about this, that the Rangers have changed their outfits, and uh, I know that we gave the Rangers some static in early episodes about just like how many layers and how much plaid they were wearing. I long for the days where they were wearing a bunch of plaid and like a bunch of layers. The looks that they have going on now, particularly Sasuke, are uh, not good. Not good looks. Yeah, Sasuke really so does look like he's wearing a, uh, oh gosh, like a like an Ocean Pacific shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ocean Pacific Paxon, Paxon possibly, yeah. with like a matching bandana. I will actually, Matt... I have a thing that I want to say about Sasuke's outfit, but I didn't actually notice it till later in the episode. And so I am going to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to share this particular bon mot with you about this outfit, but, but look forward to oh, it's it. it's coming. Because it's good. So anyways, so he sh- so the Rangers are there. Young Noble Jr. is there. This kid is there. We are about to find out like what the deal is with this kid. We... F- because the rangers are like, wait, what's happening? Because they're as confused as we are. Like, why, if this is, kid is a yokai, why is Young Noble Jr. attacking, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. We hop over to the narrator, and the narrator explains that this yokai is named Zakishiwarishi. 
he's like a little kid yokai who hangs out with other little kids and plays pranks and has fun, but he's cool. Like, Zaki Shiwarishi is not a bad kid. Like, he's fine. Right. He's, like, he happens to be a yokai, but, like, don't hold that against him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the plan that we find out. Young Noble Jr. is not attacking Zakishiwarishi because he is, like, angry. Like, he sort of is, but he says, I need to turn you into a wicked yokai. Like, you're a good yokai. We, I need you to be a bad yokai so that you will attack the rangers and, like, work for me effectively. Right. Like, we've got a, we've got a schedule to keep, and every week I need one of my yokai dudes to get very big and fight a giant robot. And you're on the docket for this week, uh, but you are not willing to do it because you're a nice kid. So you need you need to be evil. Jiraiya jumps forward and's like, "No, I'm not going to let you do that. I will protect Zakashiwarishi." You're like pound salt. And Matt, did you? So Young Noble Junior's like, "All right, fine. I'm not going to pick this fight right now. Like, I'll deal with it later. Just be ready." And then he starts to teleport away. And Matt, did you catch? Uh, did you catch this moment? Yeah, you know, I did. And one of two things is happening. Either he is, like, waggling his finger in the air, which is what oh, no. I've chosen to believe is happening, because the other option no, no, no. is that he is just flipping the bird to the Kaku Rangers. No, I went back and checked, because I was like, maybe he's just waggling a finger. Maybe that's his, like, index finger, and he's, like, beckoning to Zakashiwarashi to, like, oh, come, like, come to the dark side. Nope. He is just, like, straight and not even, like, a little. He's got it, like, full arm extension and just sort of, like, waving it out in front of him in just, like, a semi, like, an arc just to make sure they all get it. Like, that's definitely what's happening here. I, I think that we can refer back to our previous discussion during the five stars and confirm that, yes, all things are improved by the addition of Young Noble Jr. Yeah, so he does. He does a great job. Like, you know how some... Sometimes you're in traffic. Anyways, sorry. I was about to start, like, cribbing a Dane Cook bit a little bit, I realized. <laughs> so let's just avoid that whole thing. Yeah, let's... But he for, does do a very a good job. of reasons. Yeah, just so many reasons. Um, so we we go to, from there, to Young Noble Jr.'s house, where he is playing, as far as I can tell, like a Jerry Lee Lewis riff and complaining about the Rangers. Like, those guys are jerks. I hate them so much. He's just clanging away That's on it. his piano. There's, but at one point... There's no more to that scene. Okay, here's something I want to mention about this scene, though. He's playing the piano with both hands, obviously. That's typically how you play the piano. At one point, the camera cuts so that you're no longer looking at the keyboard. And he raises one of his fists and is, like, shaking it in the air. But the music does not change at all. And it still sounds as though he's playing it with two hands. And I don't know what is supposed to be happening there, but I just thought it was delightful. Uh, <laughs> well, that's this is because when he's like playing, quote unquote, playing the piano, he is one hundred percent not. He's literally just like jamming his fingers on the keys. It's like when you see anybody like hacking in a TV show, and they're literally just going like, just like hitting the keys as quickly as they can because like that's how hacking works. Sure, that's how you this hack. Is, you type real fast, same. and then the computer lets you in. Right. Um, so we go from there to it's sorry, I was remember how I said I like was mainlining arrow yesterday? Yes. One of the main characters is like their hacker and 
like the hacking element of the show like ratcheted up in the last couple episodes. Oh yeah. And it's literally just them talking and like jamming. They're not looking at the keyboard at all, which like I guess if you're a good typist you don't need to do. But they are literally there's no way they're typing like words or anything. They're literally just like moving their fingers around as quickly as they can just trying to make and hitting as, as many keyboard keys as possible. noise as they possibly can. Yeah, that's the goal. Like that's the stage direction just says like hit keyboard as quickly as possible while you say these lines. Uh, <laughs> so, sorry. It's, it's, a, it's a thing. So we go from there, and what we see is it's the kids from before and Jiraiya playing with Zakishiwarishi. They do a bunch of things. They're on bikes. They go fishing. We see Jiraiya and Zakishiwarishi have, have fallen asleep. They're taking like a little nap, and they're literally... Tickled awake with flowers. It's adorable. Yeah, it's, it's just like nice stuff kid montage. Yeah. So, sorry, my notes do, I just want to say, I'm going to keep teasing this moment. My notes do just say, because Sasuke shows up, and my notes just say, those shorts, all in caps. <laughs> because if you don't remember from last week, the outfit, he's got that pack sun shirt, like we said, but then he is also wearing like just like the highest cutoffs and a jean cutoffs, and then another pair of shorts underneath that. You know, I never noticed that because I'm so distracted by how well his shirt and headband match that like I never get yeah. south of that shirt. I am also constantly distracted by how perfectly his shirt and headband would indicate that he is the Blue Ranger, even though he is definitely he's the Red Ranger. So anyways, so he's got these... Um, well, there's Dave, still Dave, more about on. these shorts, man. One moment. If there's one thing that we do know about the Kaku Rangers, it is that they, despite being best friends, will at a moment's notice steal each other's clothing for seemingly no reason. We have seen this previously in the show. That's def No, that's canon, definitely. So I am now choosing to believe that this actually is Sasuke's... Or I'm sorry, is Saizo's shirt... And Sasuke has just taken it and decided to wear it. <laughs> um, okay, so sorry. So the Rangers show up and they're like, hey, this seems very nice. You guys all seem like you're having a great time. And then as soon as they show up, Young Noble Jr. appears in like a, as a spectral skull in the sky. And he like shoots lightning out of his eyes. And then there's a rent in the earth. He generates like a chasm. Presumably so he can steal Zakashiwarashi. And then, like, fire shoots out of it. And then it's dark and everyone is surrounded by fire. And I, I cannot stress to you enough how quickly this transition is from, like, pleasant montage and Jiraiya playing soccer with a couple of school children into all of a sudden there is fire and darkness surrounding these people. Yeah. While, like, I, a I, spectral okay. skull crackles with red electricity in the sky and laughs at them. Um, I was a little bit irritated that it was dark so quickly, but I am choosing to believe that it's all like the dust that is kicked up from the chasm. Because not five seconds later, they're running and it's daytime again. That makes sense. So I'm just going to assume that this is like a temporary... Anyways, or maybe it's like an illusion of darkness. So, they're like... The other rangers are like, listen, Jiraiya, you and Zakashiwarashi get out of here. Like, we will protect the rest of these kids. Like, you guys run because ZW is the... Like, he's the target. So, Zagashiwarashi and Jiraiya run, and they're, like, they're running through the park, 
And then Young Noble Jr. shows up not as like a phantom skull, but he's just he's there, right? And this I think is actually the first time in the show that the <laughs> any of the Kaka Rangers have physically encountered Young Noble Jr. in his like skeleton soldier form. I'm pretty sure that that is true. And one of the reasons I'm pretty sure that's true, because what happens next is there is a fight between Jiraiya and Young Noble Jr. in which Jiraiya just gets whooped. And, yeah, and so he gets mollywhopped. It's like, um, like it's a great fight, but like every time Jiraiya tries to go do anything, Young Noble Jr. just like swats the sword out of the way and kicks Jiraiya in the head, or like like dodges the laser blast or deflects the laser blast and then shoots like a black laser blast back at Jiraiya. And this is very much like, here's this guy, you have not seen him in action before, and now we are going to show you just how dangerous he is. Yes. Uh, It's actually, it's a really great piece of, like, it's a really great piece of kind of visual storytelling just by, like, because they give us this one thing, you're like, oh, man, okay, like, Young Noble Jr. is no slash. Like, it's a cool moment. So Jiraiya goes down. Uh, he's actually, he's dehenged, like, he gets whooped that hard. And then Young Noble Jr. pulls out uh, a chainsaw. Yes, from seemingly nowhere. Yeah, and just to be clear, this is not like a prop with, like, this is not like a yokai chainsaw. This is just literally, like, they went to Sears and Roebuck and bought a chainsaw. <laughs> and then he just starts walking towards Jiraiya, like, well, I guess you get to wait for your friends on the other side, because I'm going to murder you now. Uh, And then, you know, they'll get to you eventually when I murder all of them. Yes. So he is about to just just straight chainsaw Jiraiya. And then we hear Zakashiwarashi kind of like calling from nowhere, say, no, 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 stop. You don't want him. You want me. If you let Jiraiya go, I will come and like join your cause or whatever. Like, he so ZW is like, listen, I'll you take me and you let Jiraiya go and like we'll be cool. So Young Noble and Jr. It doesn't... changes back into his human form and is like, I I know I can trust you because you are a yokai who cannot lie. Which is weird, but sure. And then he tosses his chainsaw up in the air. The chainsaw transforms into his um guitar. Guitar. And he catches it, like, in, like, an awesome, like, guitar guy pose. It's great. And also, it is at this moment that I realized that it was always the guitar, because the chainsaw is that same sort of, like, light blue color that his guitar is. So I guess Young Noble Jr. can just transform his guitar into stuff? I'm really into that idea. I hope that, like, we, I genuinely, I really hope that we see a lot more of him just turning that guitar into different stuff. And I do just, I just want to point out, he turned it into a chainsaw. I really feel like it would have been better if he had turned it into, yes, I'm going to say it. Uh, Dave, an axe. I was going to say, in my notes, it says it turns out the chainsaw was really an axe. Hey, brother high five. Uh, <laughs> um, what a good joke. Okay. We both got there. So, listen, Matt. Not everything's going to be good. Not everything's going to be good. You just got to take... I think our approach to comedy is uh, is really more of a shotgun approach. Right. Like, just throw... And if, you th- if we do enough jokes... Quantity over quality. Some of them will be funny. <laughs> so, we, we're at the Palace of Young Noble Jr. 
And Zakashi Warashi is, he's there. He's super sad about becoming evil. And also, he looks very weird. Oh, yeah. There's like a it's brief a weird look. scene where before he goes to the palace, which is from the outside looks like a creepy haunted house. Yeah, I think that's the idea. Um, he's like looking into a, his reflection in a river saying like, oh, Jiraiya, thank you for playing with me. We had such a lovely day. I'm sorry that I have to go now. And he's, his reflection changes into what his yokai form is, which is he's wearing the exact same clothing. But he's yep. got sort of like a like a gray alien head, sort of. He looks Matt like a Bith. He looks like a baby Bith. Yeah, like a gray baby Bith. Yeah, like fiery friggin' Don and the modal nodes, Bith from Star Wars. You know, I'm just oh, sure, saying for I everybody know. else. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Oh sorry. If if you the listeners do, are not immediately familiar with who fiery friggin' Don and the modal nodes are. That is the band playing in the cantina in Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Yes, and so they're the ones they've got. They've got butt faces. Is effectively what they yeah, have. Kind of a butt like they're face. just their heads are like anthropomorphized butts. Is what's happening, and that's kind of what Zakshiwarashi looks like. So, oh hi Millie. Sorry, my sister's cat literally just like jumped up on the table. <laughs> no, get out of here. Um, so Zakshiwarashi, and he gets like. He gets, like, blasted by electricity or, like, evil electricity or something. Oh, dude, it's a whole ritual. And so, like, Young Noble Jr. is calling out to, like, all the evil power in the world. Oh, there that's candles, right. There are skulls. He gathers all of this, like, evil energy into what looks like a giant red energy bone sword that he just shoves yeah. into ZW's chest. And then ZW transforms into, like a weird, crazy-looking evil version of himself, which we will get a better look at in a few minutes. Yeah. So, actually, we see it right now, because the next thing we go to is that Zakashiwarashi, evil Zakashiwarashi, is already a giant, and he's, like, smashing buildings, and it looks like he's got on... Okay, so the first thing is he's got, like, bindings around his head, which is, like, a cool visual idea that, like, oh, he's, like, bound into evil now. Mm Mm-hmm. But then he's got on, like, a body armor, sort of, is what it looks like. And it looks as though the body armor is, it's like video game armor. Not Sorry, no. Not like armor you would see in a video game. No, it's, like, it's armor. If you, dis, if you deconstructed, like, a video game cabinet and then used all of those parts to make armor, this is what that looks like. Yeah, there's, like, buttons and D-pads and his feet have joysticks on them. It's, it's a weird look. And, like, I'm not exactly sure why they did it, other than the fact that, like, he is a kid and kids love video games. But I do kind of yeah, love I, it. That's as far as I got. Now, I dig it because, again, it, like, it sort of reminds... Because the face looks real weird. Like, the face is creepy and weird. But the fact that, like, his armor is definitely, like, a kid-themed, like, video game thing armor reinforces, for me at least, the idea that, like, oh, yeah, Zakashiwarashi is evil, but he's 100% still a kid. Right, so when you're watching him fight, you still do not want to see him, like, blown up. Yeah, okay, so he's, he blows some stuff up. So, yeah, he he blows some stuff up. Like, he's smashing buildings, blah, blah, blah. So the rangers show up. Rangers show up, and they are like, well, we have to stop him. Because I don't think they realize at first that it's Akashiwarashi. No, at this point they don't, because not only have they never seen his evil yokai form before but they've never even seen his yokai form oh that's right and so they go to henge but they are interrupted 
Like, they are interrupted in their hangings. Young Noble Jr. shows up and, like, lightning blasts them so they don't finish hanging. And when he does this, when he does this, the rangers are, like, thrown back. And as Sasuke is thrown back, Matt, I noticed something. And I kid you not... (laughs) I kid you not, I rewound this, this like, three seconds, like, four times just to make sure that I saw what I was seeing. And here's what I saw. When Sasuke flies back, the front of what I had previously assumed to be these denim cutoff shorts over that he was wearing over other shorts flies up. And it's not connected in the inseam. Okay. These aren't shorts. He is wearing a tiny denim A. I'm t- look, look for it. Like, go back so you know that I'm not making this up. He's wearing like a tiny denim apron made out of jeans over his other shorts. This is like, I couldn't, again, I rewound this like three times just to make sure I wasn't crazy and I'm not. Is this like, like, is this potentially like he was wearing like like denim overalls and this is like the front flap that had flipped down? No, dude. No, because there's pockets in them. Like on the front. This is what this is. He was wearing a pair of shorts and then he cut them off and then he split. He, and they're split the side too. And he split them on the side and then like cut the inseam out. And wow. all that's, And then he's wearing that over shorts this is a real thing that a costume designer thought was a good idea so it's kind of like halfway between cut off shorts and like a fanny pack yes kind like, of i need extra making pockets, it the 90s so gonna, thing ever like these bike shorts i'm wearing don't have pockets these other shorts that i'm not wearing do have pockets i've got a great idea problem solved so I just I do want to say I am uh, I am sad that the fanny pack is a thing that like we that we as a culture decided that we weren't doing anymore because because fanny like if you just think about the fanny pack as like as like a functional piece of equipment like that's a good thing to have that's a very useful thing. Yeah, I mean, there are other yeah. solutions for that particular... No, there are. I'm not saying there's not. I'm just saying... I'm Listen, I'm not going to leave like a one-man crusade to bring back fanny packs, but if somebody else wanted to like lead that charge, I'd be like, all right, let's do it. Let's do some... Like a classy fanny pack. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I do not okay. even know what that would look like. Neither do I. We need somebody to get on that design uh, design tip. Okay. So sorry. No, uh, I'm glad that you brought that to my man. attention. Yeah, no, no, no. You needed, you and the world in general needed to know this. So, but Young Noble Jr., he blows them up. We see these shorts. And he says, too late, Rangers. Zakashiwarashi is evil now. And then as though to punctuate this statement, we just see Zakashiwarashi. And he like spins around and shoots like a bunch of eye blasts and explodes at a bunch of buildings. And he's like the image of him sort of flickers between his current state and like him as a kid. So they can like they know that Young Noble Jr. isn't just messing with them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they now realize that this is this is the deal. So Jiraiya calls out to Zakashiwarashi. He's like, no, don't. 
he doesn't hear him. More explosions. Sasuke says, dude, Jiraiya, like, I get it. But we have no choice but to defeat him. Like, he's destroying everything. Like, we, like I get that this is a difficult situation for us, but we can't just let him do this. Jiraiya says no. No, like, it's, do you not remember? Like, it's Zakishiwarashi. We can't just, like, Muteki Shogun him. Like, we have to save him. He's a kid, right. dude. And then, we have like, to save so him. So as they're sort of arguing over this, the other kids, like the baseball kids from earlier, all run up. And they say, like, oh, like, you have to save him. And them coming up sort of sways the argument. And all of the cocky rangers promise, like, okay, we are going to save this kid. And not murder him with, like, a giant flaming sword the size of a building. Yes. So, good, uh, you know, call there, guys. So, they... uh. They, but they do henge, and they're like, "Yes, kids." Well, they sorry, they tell the kids, "You're like, yes, we promise. Like, we will. Like, we will save Zakishimarashi somehow. But you kids need to leave. So they leave. Right. The Rangers henge. They summon the Jusho fighters, which are the not the giant beast generals, but the beast fighters. Right. And that they merge with those, and then Zakishimarashi, like he explodes some buildings, and as a result of him exploding these buildings, the parts of the buildings like collapse sort of on slash near the kids, but not on like a fatal way. But the kids are now trapped under rubble and they're like hurt and they're crying out like, Zakishibarashi, please stop, please stop, please stop. Like, we're your friends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, there's a really cool moment in this fight where, as we have previously discussed, he looks kind of like a video game controller and he's got these joysticks on his feet. And so he goes to do this jump kick, but first he reaches down and pushes the joysticks on his feet forward and then like jumps and kicks a dude. Like, yeah, he's got like extra special like controller power on his Like Captain N style, like he hits the button and then jumps far. I was really into it. I did not. I must have been typing something. I missed that moment, but that's super bad. I was also really into Um, those children not being just crushed to death by that rubble because by all rights, that's what should have happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was super glad that those children did not die. So, but the kids cry out and the Zaki Shuwarashi like hears them and he has like a moment of, he remembers the same stuff that we saw earlier in the episode, like them hanging out and playing. And then he transforms, like very briefly, he transforms from his like evil form into his good yokai form and is like, oh no, but then he turns evil again and like keeps attacking. He's clearly struggling. So Tsurihime in White Kirk, is that what it's called again? White Kark, yeah. White Kark, right. So Tsurihime in White Kark runs over, like picks up all the rubble off the kids. They are like dirty but fine. Yes, and it's actually, it's a super cool shot. They do some, like, forced perspective stuff with, like, White Kark, like, picking the rubble up, like, over her shoulder so it looks like the suit is giant. It's rad. So these filthy but miraculously alive children, now that they are free, like, go right back to calling to Zashiki Warashi, like, hey, dude, like, please, like, you need to come back to us. We're your friends. Stop destroying this city and trying to crush us with rubble. Um... Like, my bro, please, 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 please. Yeah, so he is in, like, obvious mental torment. He's doing this sort of, like, grab your head. He's shape-changing back and forth between his good yokai form, his bad yokai form, and his sort of, like, human form, like, sort of quickly. And then he collapses to his knees, and then this is an odd turn. 
because you know often this is like a standard thing in like anime slash fantasy stuff where you're like evil or hurt or whatever and then somebody who's like good and pure cries on you and when their tears hit you it is like it provides this like purification effect and then like you're cool or healed or whatever yeah we've seen it before in other sentai shows yeah, so Zaki Shiwarashi, I guess because he is like rapidly changing back and forth between good and evil, in a moment where he is good, he cries a tear. And then as the tear is falling, <laughs> he changes back evil. And then the tear fall his own tear falls on his hand, and that is enough, and it like turns him back to being good. So now he's just good again. Yeah, and he is like back down to normal human size, but he's in his good yokai form. Yes. And everybody runs over and, and they're so thrilled. He, and he apologizes. He's like, guys, I feel so bad. I'm so sorry. I, I can't let Young Noble Jr. do this to me again. He goes giant. Oh, yeah, because at this point, Young Noble Jr. appears again in the sky and is like, wow, I honestly did not think that that would work. Right. It's like, I really figured you were evil for good, but whatever. I guess I'll just kill you now. So Zagashi Warashi turns giant. Goes to attack Young Noble Jr. Young Noble Jr.'s like, no. And he just lightning blasts him. And it it looks like he dies. Like, my notes just say he dies. But he doesn't. Right. I mean, that's fair. Because literally every other time a giant yokai gets blasted and then explodes, that yokai is dead. Yeah. So, like, I just assumed he was dead. He's not. He's not. Uh, So... The next thing we see, it's like in the evening, and Jiraiya finds him like lying in the field. So I think the implication is, is that they have been looking, like wherever he was, he didn't just like fall in the spot. He is not where they thought he would be, so they've been like looking for him. They find him that evening. And they're just like in a field, and Jiraiya finds him first, and like runs over. He's like, oh, Zashiki Waraki, like, I'm so sad that you're injured, like, you know, hang in there. ZW is like, listen, this is sad, but ultimately it's for the best. Like, thank you so much for everything. What he specifically says is, this is the way it should be. What? Why? Why is this the way it should be? That statement isn't backed up at all. Hey, man, are you going to argue with a dying child? I mean, no, not to his face. (laughs) I mean, clearly I am willing to argue with him in theory. Uh... But so, yeah, so he feels that this is the way that things should be. Then all the kids show up, and they're all sad. Obviously. Obviously. And then all of and these then, children just sit there weeping as their friend dies in front of them. <laughs> yup. He picks up, he lifts up one hand. The kids all together, all these children, grab this one hand. And then he thanks them, and he says, I had fun. And then this boy dies. Yes. Like, he's dead. Now, okay. He does do that. And sort that of. is traumatic for all those children for the rest of their lives. I am sure. However, in the next moments, he, like, becomes one with the force. Like, he turns into, like, these little yellow-orange balls of energy. They fly away, and then they reconstitute, like, ten feet away from there into, like, a giant mushroom like the one he was holding earlier in the episode. Yes. And so they say, oh, Zakishiwarashi, he was, he was the spirit of a mushroom. 
And he didn't really die. He just became a... Mu- this is uh, Tsurikime saying this to the kids. Like, yeah. he didn't really die. So don't be traumatized. Uh, he's just a mushroom again. And if you're very happy and you play every day, then... Dream and play. Then, like, he will come back to life eventually. Which, I don't know if that is true or if Tsurihime believes that. Or if she is just desperately trying to stop these children from falling apart. Yeah, uh, Jiraiya does not care. He is still, like, he's still furious. He's like, I'll never forgive you, Young Noble Jr., right? Oh, yeah. This and is, then, it seems as though, and I have not seen the next episode yet because I'm not watching ahead this season, but I would not be surprised if the next episode of this show is Jiraiya and Sasuke just saying, like, okay, well, we need to go murder Young Noble Jr. now because this is awful. Yes. This is some, re- it's some real bull hockey, and I'm just not going to stand for it anymore. That dude, you know yep. what, Dave? I'm going to bring back an old favorite. Young Noble Jr. can go suck a lemon. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while, Matt. It's been a while. Glad to have that one back on board. So, yeah, that's the end of the episode. It's just this sad boy dies. Yep. It's, that's sort of like how, uh, you know, the ending of this is very similar in that way to the ending of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. A sad boy yep, dies. They just they just kill that sad boy. Uh, anyway, um, I like this episode more than I liked Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Dave, how did you feel about it? I thought it was well. I don't know if I'd go that far. I thought that was a fine movie, but I thought it was a this was a fantastic episode. This was a really really good episode. Yeah, I feel like we're really like, like it's still sort of scattershot and not as focused as previous seasons but I feel like we're finally getting into the meat of it, as we have said the last couple of weeks. And this is just a, uh, a another link in that chain, my friend. Okay, so Creature Royale, man, where does Zakishiwarashi go? I'm thinking high. Yeah, dude. Like, high on this, this list. This guy rules. Like, yeah, he's a great monster. Like, monster. But, like, uh, he's totally, he's a yokai. This is a, fan, this is a great episode. It's, like, fun and exciting, but also, like, heart-wrenching. There's a lot of emotion going on. I like that he's, like, a good yokai that turns bad, but then, like, turns good again. As a monster yokai, as, a, like, the evil version of him, it's, like, a super cool look. You know where... And I yeah. actually even kind of dig his regular yokai form, because I like that he's just wearing the same outfit as he did when he was a like kid. Like, wearing that sheet cape. I'll tell you where I'm looking Yeah, he's got a... Sh- He's got a sheet cape, dude. It's awesome. I'm looking at the media magician because I actually think they're pretty... You can draw some pretty direct comparisons between those two characters and yeah. those two episodes. Yeah, I think absolutely. Like, he's so... another guy who like, had his allegiance change back and forth. His human form was very important. Uh, his monster form had like a couple of cool technology effects. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a romance story and not like a little kid being sad story, but they're really similar. Who do you like better? Man, uh, I think it's been a like, it's been a while since I saw the media magician. So he does do that bit where he like pauses everything though. And that was pretty great. Yeah. I think I do like media magician. A little bit better 
But no, I'm going with Zakashiwarashi actually as the better. On, I think on the strength of the episode, and it's because he's like a kid, and they, they they do a really good job of even in his yokai form, like making him a kid. And that sheet cape, dude. Like I'll admit, it's just because we did that. Like you and oh, yeah. I as kids. Like I mean, a lot of people did. We were hardly unique in that. But like we did do that thing. I think we mostly had towels, but the point stands. Yeah, in case, so I think, yeah, in case, by the way, it sounds like we have been saying sheet cake the whole time. We have not been. We were not wearing cake oh, yeah. as children. We had sheets wrapped sheet around our necks cape. like capes. So I say, I say better than Media Magician Man, slot number six. Wow. That is, it's high, but I think he's worth it. I think it's worth it. I think he's good. And I think that is going to do it for another episode of A View to a Cocker Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. You want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentibros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That is what's going to help new people find the show. Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. And if you want to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, they're at retrogradeorbitradio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we will see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. (laughs) 